Welcome back to this episode of We Read Allegedly, where allegedly we read books. We are today excited to talk about ink art. I, I know that Squid is like incredibly excited. Chomping at the bit. Welcome back to another episode of Celeste is the only one who liked the book. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't Let's not make assumptions here. Let's just... Welcome to the episode of Squid has maybe something good to say. <laughs> I think that, that's what we can title it. <laughs> so welcome back to an episode of Squid allegedly read some of it. <clears throat> yeah. Squid hates the books we love and tells us why we're terrible people for liking them. <laughs> I have never made assumptions about someone's worth based on their book tastes. Unless they like 14 by Peter Collins. <laughs> oh my god. I was about to say Twilight. There's been a resurgence of people oh, okay. who like Twilight in my feed. Why? I'm like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> but then I'm like... I tried to read Twilight once. Okay, okay. Let, let's slow our roll for a second. Everybody out there, it is not within our job description to yuck your particular yum. If you can find some joy in Twilight, God bless you. Uh, and then let us hear, know where you found it, because I'm curious. Yeah, we we hear at we hear at uh, we read allegedly uh, do not enjoy that particular fiction, and we're going to express opinions thusly. So, as we do Only so, we please do though. please do not uh, be offended by this, as we are expressing our dislike as much as your it is valid for you to like it. This sounds very much like a conversation I just had with a friend, because I, I don't know if any of you guys have seen and or read Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Not yet. But it was very popular for a very long time when it first came out. It's very, mm -hmm. like, poetic in how it's written. I hated every second of the book. <laughs> and I love Greek literature. Greek literature yeah. is one of my favorite. And it's the Song of Achilles. It's a story of Achilles, I should say. And my friend loves it. And I was just talking to her about how much I hated it. And then I was like, but if you like it, great. I'm so happy that you enjoyed the book. I'm so happy for you. That's great. I never want to read it again. <laughs> Ever. That's, yeah. actually, that's actually a concept that I've been really trying to focus on in my own personal way. I, I talk to people about fandoms and things that I or they may like. Um, I try to be a bit more mindful about the fact that it's okay for people to like things that you dislike, but in the same sense, I always feel it's my obligation to explain, Hey, I'm going to say that I don't like something. And if I beg on it, it's not a dig on you or the fact that mm -hmm. people do like it. It's just, I did not enjoy this thing. With very few exceptions. There are some things where I'm like, you should not like this for reasons. <laughs> I have questions. I want to know why you like it if you do. But those are... Are we talking yeah. about 14 again? No, no, no. It's messages that are maybe like incredibly negative morally or politically or something where I'm like, I need to know why you're enjoying this particular piece of media. Gotcha. Where are you finding enjoyment here? I'm curious. But, you know, that's a very small welcome, subset. Welcome to Weebly Allegedly, where we talk about everything but the books. I was just We're about to see about where you books. 
for 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 the, for doing ink heart did you expect to get into that deep of a conversation and just in the intro <laughs> you know i don't come into these with any expectations except for i'm batting three out of three of people not liking my books okay stop <laughs> with that we haven't right. even gotten to if if anybody likes it yet so i mean i like I, it well see that's one person i enjoyed most of the parts that i read okay now that we have followed that rabbit trail down to the end of the burrow uh let's get into our alleged reads squid what are you allegedly reading right now allegedly i just finished the book the inheritance games by jennifer lynn barnes i enjoyed that one i most I I would say I enjoyed this more than I've enjoyed a lot. I th- I'm pretty sure this is young adult. Yeah, it's why it was written very much like a young adult. This is probably one of the first young adult books recently that I've been like, I'm enjoying this. I'm having a good time. Not all of the boys in this book are stupid. Oh no, they <laughs> and the are. girl has some. Well, yes, but not as their defining character. Well, they're all very yeah. intelligent. They're oh, stupid, yes. but intelligent. they're teenage boys, so that's fine. And the the girl has personality outside of just being like super powerful. So that's nice. I mean, she has money like now. The mystery too of like yeah why I which didn't realize it was a series. I don't even know what someone re- like recommended this to me at some point. I don't know who or when, but I was like, it yeah, was right, not I'll... me. But I just finished reading the series. Yeah, it must. I mean, it must have come up in a group that I'm in or something, but. I didn't even realize it was a series until like halfway through. And then the prologue, no, the epilogue has me very interested in this sequel because Xander was one of my favorites. So I'm interested to do number two after book log golf because <laughs> I can't get the second one yet. <laughs> Legitimately, I read the first one of those and also did not realize it was a series and that it ended and I screamed. I was like, what do you mean? Where's the rest? But wait. Yeah. But, I but need why? to know more. <laughs> almost almost as as a vehement a reaction as when I finished uh Dragonfly and Amber. I feel like that was my reaction with Cinder. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure right after the first book I was like, I need the next one. Let's go. <laughs> no, no. Your your exact response is, What the crap's with this ending? Oh yeah. That sounds accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Next ones are great. See, that was a book you picked that I enjoyed. True. There you go. Okay, John, what are you allegedly reading? Well, I've been allegedly reading, and that's a really good alleged in there because it's only been sparse for me. Uh, But uh, Life by Keith Richards. And when I say Keith Richards, I do mean that Keith Richards. It's a uh, autobiography he did on himself. Oh, no, wait, he's not dead. It's the memoirs he wrote on himself. So, Is it only an autobiography if they've died? No, but it's not his complete life. It's just, you know, the, basically the formation of the See, stones. See, I feel like and- the difference between an autobiography is like a historical telling, whereas a memoir is something that is kind of like making a point. I I have been told that the difference between a memoir and an autobiography is that 
uh, autobiography is intent to cover the vast and majority of the portion of the individual's life, whereas the memoir is just specific moments. Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would side with that as well. That makes sense. Having not written either. Yeah. (laughs) I have no intention on writing either. I think writing... Writing nonfiction is definitely more difficult than writing fiction. And I'm lazy. It depends on the topic. Sure. Well, it, but here's the thing, though. It's always, if you get something wrong in nonfiction, there's going to be somebody out there who's going to be, be point that out and be like, you're a big phony. Yeah. You know, people Whereas, never do that in fiction. But the thing about it is in fiction... <laughs> In fiction, if you make a mistake, you can just say, oh, but you just don't understand the narrative. So for me, it's an issue because my brain moves faster than I can write or type. So fiction, like my brain goes, Broom, we're at the end of the story. And that doesn't make for good reading. Nonfiction, mm. it's it's a little easier for me to, to get it out. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about pacing as much when you're doing nonfiction either. True. Which is like this, but like it dragging or going too fast. Like you kind of want to keep those in mind when you're writing a fiction story because you need it to read a certain way. <laughs> oh, that just reminded me for whatever reason, because my brain goes off in bunny trails. But uh, back down to the burrow. Yeah. To make reference to a previous episode where we had read Fahrenheit 451, I was we were trying to determine whether it was the book or specifically Ray Bradbury. Um, in prepping for a different episode, I'm uh, I'm going to be recording today. In fact, uh, when I'm guesting on Strangers and Aliens, turns out no, I just don't like Ray Bradbury because I was I was trying to uh, go through something wicked this way comes because that was the movie we're going to be discussing. Mm-hmm. And boy, howdy, did I not enjoy that book either. Did you DNF it? Well, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I stopped just cause I didn't care at the, at, but I got to a point where things started going a little dark and I'm like, I don't care mm-hmm. the pacing on this. You put so much fluff in this book and the characters aren't that great. It's like, I don't, I don't want this. And it wasn't a preachy book either, because I, I can't even lean on that for like I did with Fahrenheit 451. It was just, he walks in circles trying to go on a straight line. I knew people who do that. So I'm allegedly reading uh, the sixth volume in the Silent Voice series. And I feel like only- I'm supposed to know what that is, but I don't. Do you want to cry? I don't know. Are you asking me or Celeste, Squid? She was asking me. Well, Celeste is already reading it, so do you want to cry, John? <laughs> do, you, do you need to cry? Because this might work. <laughs> um, like, I am no. not a crier, but... No, I'm I, good. It's, if, if you don't want to read it, there's also a very nice Netflix movie about it as well. That did yes. also make me cry. I am, I'm going to go and watch that when I get done, because there's only two, I have mm-hmm. like one and a half more books. I'll pray for you. What, what, are, what are the books about, though, I guess is what I'm... It is about a, it's a manga, and it's a 
about a little girl who was deaf who gets bullied in elementary school. And then the main bully, everything ends up flipping around on him because once somebody's like, hey, this is wrong, they're all like, oh, well, he was doing it. And then they start bullying him. And so then it's about him like going through and trying to apologize to her. And then there's all these other things happening that all tie in. And I got it at GeekedCon because I was like, oh, look, it's a full set. I'll grab it. Like almost all book, all the books, except for like two of them were there. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll grab this. I'll, I'll read it. Everyone says that the anime was really good. And so I legitimately was not quite prepared for it because I didn't know what I was getting into. And I have all the feels. And then I have more questions about Japanese culture. Like, do they not have mental hospitals where they can put people after they've tried to do things? On that upbeat, if we have any Japanese listeners out there who want to answer that. I'll ask my friend that lives in Japan. Please do. Um, It's kind of like when Dallas and I were going through and watching Erased, which is an anime that's Mm -hmm. really short, really good. I was legitimately trying to Google if Japan had CPS because that child needed to be taken from the home. So, yeah, it's it's good in that it is eliciting emotion from me and it doesn't feel cheesy. But at the same time, I'm like, what the crap? So, okay, let's uh, get into talking about the book. Okay, from internationally acclaimed storyteller Cornelia Funk, this best-selling magical epic is now out in paperback. One cruel night, Maggie's father reads aloud from a book called Inkheart, and an evil ruler escapes the boundaries of fiction and lands in their living room. Suddenly, Maggie is smack in the middle of the kind of adventure she has only read about in books. Maggie must learn to harness the magic that has conjured this nightmare. For only she can change the course of the story that has changed her life forever. This is Inkart, a timeless tale about books, about imagination, about life. Dare to read it out loud. And that is the Amazon description of Inkart. So. There it is. That's it. That's the thing. I was, just to, to get this out, I, I was very confused when I first read this book because I have a concept in my mind that I blamed on this book. And it's nowhere in the book. Oh, what concept? The concept of the people in the book, the characters, Mm -hmm. aren't alive if you don't read the book. So if you like seal books up or you just don't ever pick them up, there's no life in them. Hence the reason that I drive Dallas nuts anytime he's like, hey, looked at this slapped comic. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. (laughs) Well... (laughs) All right. Could have sworn it was Inkheart that put this little nugget of idiosyncrasy into my brain. And apparently uh, it's no, not. No, that sounds a little bit more like the never-ending story to me. But I haven't read that one. I love the never-ending the story. No. <gasps> the never-ending you just, you just broke story. Squid's heart. I know this is uh, because of Stranger Things. Ha, 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 ha. 
And I know that there is a horse so that is sad. Uh, our tax. So sad. Saddest scene I've ever seen in a movie. And I've seen a lot of sad movies. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that child is a, a pain of... to work with. Oh, really? The mm-hmm. horse? I've heard he. No, no, no. The no, kid the, that's with the, the horse. The child actor. Not the main boy, but the one that's in the story. What's his face? That I can't think of the name of. And apparently a training the horse to be in that scene. Yes, thank you. Uh, in the scene where Artex dies, they like lower the horse into like this mud pit, essentially. Um, and training the horse to do that was apparently a very, very long process. Because surprisingly, horses don't like to be lowered and submerged into mud um, above their no. heads. Who would have no, thought? No. Who knew? Anyway, I know a lot of facts about the never-ending story. <laughs> so, okay, somebody other than me talk. <laughs> somebody other than me talk. Okay, so the concept of this book, when I first started reading it, or rather listening to it, because I listen to it on audiobook as I do everything, I got a lot of Page Master vibes. Yes, very much so. Do you remember that movie? Don't know what that is. It was a live action. So let's break my heart today. I know. In the 90s, it was a live action cart slash cartoon movie with Macaulay Culkin and books were coming to life. And it was kind of like. It it actually that 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 particular movie reminded me a lot of the never ending story a bit, too. Mm -hmm. I used to confuse the two. Mm hmm. And to be perfectly honest, there was like a, there was like a time period in between the eighties and nineties where there was like, it was in vogue to have some bullied kid run to like a library Mm -hmm. and. Cause there was a third one too. And I'm not gonna be able to think of the name of it that I also always confused with the page master. No idea. So that, that was like a thing. Um, Technically though. What's his face doesn't run to a library. It's a school attic. It never ending story. Well, similar co- similar so, types. Similar and it was a bookstore. Anyway, um, big fan of that movie. I'm <laughs> gonna go watch it. <laughs> um, what I, what else is there? I, I another thing that really became intrusive about this book to me is my natural inclination was to picture this happening in like 1940s Great Britain. And then they kept bringing modern conveniences in. And I'm like, they want this to be a modern book, but I can't see it that way. I I just can't. There weren't too many things that made me think of modern time, though. Oh, they kept talking about credit cards and cell phones and... Yeah. But I, I, you know, I actually finished the book, Squid, so... It was set in, like, (laughs) 2003 when it came out. Maybe 2002. I think they mentioned a date at one point, but I was like, this is 1960s. I, don't- I was in the 40s, so I was I was thinking in the time frame of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I just yeah, think it's that interesting vibe. that you think it's in Britain and they were in Italy. Were they now? Were they in Italy? Yeah, they were in Italy. Hmm. hmm. Like I don't remember talk- them ever mentioning it like places. They talked about like going down the Italian coast. I didn't really picture like a specific place. I just knew there was a very nice Victorian house. That's where the ant lived. (laughs) 
That's what I pictured uh, in my brain. <laughs> well, I think for me, what really drove the whole Great Britain bit was uh, I I was like I said I consumed it in the audiobook form, and the narrator was a lady with a British accent. I loved the narrator. Oh, I, did you audiobook it? Mm-hmm. Mm. I did it too was this time. Easier for me to do that. So, but I loved the narrator. She was, uh, I, I like narrators for books like this that sound mm-hmm. like grandmothers. Uh, it, it was, it was good, but I, I think I, I consumed it better when I listened to it at double volume, double speed, not double volume. Ugh. I don't know how you do that. It's <laughs> just uh, extra the- loud. <laughs> I just, well, first of all, I, I, one, one discovery I had was it, if you give your ears a moment to adjust, it feels like normal cadence after a couple minutes, but I like, I had to do that because her pacing was so slow. It felt like a, more like I was getting a bedtime story. It I will say that it was not the reading. It's not the reading that we're in the pacing. It was the book. No, I'm talking about her verbal pacing. Like she put big spaces between sentences, and I'm convinced yeah, that there just were big spaces in this book. book. <laughs> <laughs> like I, re- when I first read this book, I read it as a physical book, and it was a slow book. Like as I was beginning the story again, I was like, "Oh, that's right. This one's a slow one." <clears throat> um. Yeah, I mean that 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 was a, that was kind of a thing too. Is the pacing was slow, but I understood that for the audience, the author was writing to. Uh, sometimes, if you put in, if, if if you put in a little bit of fluff, I think it kind of makes it more digestible. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be fair, this book is meant for like nine to thirteen. Which- surprises me to no end okay i can't imagine a nine-year-old wanting to listen to this story and i like i'm not saying that like oh kids won't enjoy this but the middle is just so slow i can't imagine holding the attention of a child yeah i can if if i were to go back to me as a nine to 13 year old i i think it probably would have held me um Mm. No, because I liked, I mean, I liked Chronicles of Narnia. I'm trying to think. I didn't do a lot of reading as a child. <laughs> I didn't learn how to read on my own, really, until I was, like, in my teens. Uh, <laughs> I was I was, I was, was into the books when I, back in that time period that had dark themes. In, mm-hmm. it, so, it, with the moment I would have hit one of the dark themes that are in this book, I think, I think that would have carried me over because it was more about the feels and less about anything else like if you could keep me in, a, in that dark environment that was the other thing is that the majority of this book takes place that takes place at night mm. um so you know if you can keep me in that dark atmosphere for as long as the for as long as they do in this book I, I at the time when i was at of the age of the people that he was writing this to um, she Right. She. Sorry. Sorry. The the author of Inkheart in the book is a male. <laughs> yes, but I think the author of the story is. Yeah, I, I I I get that. But the thing about it is, you know, it it's 
we'll call it subliminal messaging. Uh, and it's just stuck in there as it's a, it's a guy fully Felinio or Folio gotcha. or whatever his name was. Uh, but yeah, back, back at the time frame, what, when I was the age that this was written to, um, yeah, I, I think I could have sat through the middle waiting for the next time that they had, uh, uh, Capricorn. I felt personally victimized by this book because um, of the line about Eleanor. No, because I'm a Capricorn. Um, <laughs> I felt called out, but it was the line where they were talking about Eleanor and they said, I think that if you had the right book or she would sell her soul to the devil if he had the right book. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, um, yeah, let's talk about Eleanor for a second. Can, uh, she, for the first half of this book, drove me up the wall. I can see that. I mean, it, it's one thing to be socially inept. It's another thing to be completely tactless. And see, I found her charming. <laughs> Did she Remarkably. Now? Yeah, I enjoyed Eleanor. I feel like every scene that Eleanor was in, especially if it was a scene with Capricorn or Dustfinger, I was like, you go, Eleanor. <laughs> She's just so practical. Great. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's not really trying to be rude. She's just saying what she thinks. Yep. She's very you mean, like, you mean like Tilda? No, Tilda's worse. No, Tilda, <laughs> Tilda is disrespectful. Yes. Eleanor is not. The difference is, is that Eleanor is saying what she thinks bluntly, and she doesn't mean to hurt your feelings, but this is what is coming across. Tilda is not saying what she thinks. She's using pretty words to skirt around it. Mm-hmm. Which is very <laughs> different. Very different. I, I, love how, I love how you uh, completely just skirt like, no, this is a character I like. Tilda is a character I do They're, not. No, so. they, are, they are in totally different realms. I can see Tilda would never would. look in the face of like a bad person and be like, well, I'm going to need a blanket and a pillow right now. She would be like, well, just bless your heart for just thinking you have this handled. Oh, yeah. Great. <laughs> it's the, it's the approach. They're both cranky old ladies, but yeah. one is honest and the other one is verbally manipulative. Mm. Yep. Til or Eleanor is vinegar. Tilda's honey. And you don't want either what's underneath it, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We love Eleanor because she's not saying she isn't vinegar. She's just saying, I know what I am. Let's go. <laughs> Put me on a salad. Yeah, vinegar's great on a salad. Great for cleaning. Good for digestion. There's so many uses for vinegar. Okay, Squid, I just need to know, yep. when was the last time you even attempted to do any of that with honey, though? Yeah, I wouldn't, ever, because that'd be disgusting. So what, what you're saying is, you don't know. You don't know. You're making assumptions. You want to clean with honey? I, I'm not the one making the accusations here, is all I'm saying. Like, there's, I can think of some uses <laughs> for honey, potentially in a face mask. Wound care? That's about it. Wound I wouldn't I put see. honey on a wound. That it's, was the original method of... It's a uh, natural antiseptic. Yeah, but I have medicine now. Yeah. <laughs> I also don't want to put honey in anything else because it's just too sweet. Kind of makes your teeth hurt. Kind of like when I hear Tilda talking. 
Anyway. On back to the book that we read. For those of us, <laughs> those who don't know who Tilda is, go check out Playing Games with Strangers. Playing Games with Strangers. But I liked Eleanor. She was fine. I liked Gwen. I want Gwen. I'm trying to the little weasel thing. Yeah. Oh yes. The <laughs> Dustfinger's pet. They call him a Martin. Yes, Looks a like Martin. Ferret. I kept being like, I'm going to Google what that is. I'm sure that's a thing that exists. No, Never it's did. not. Okay. Because I did. Okay. I'm just making sure. I was like, can I have a pet Martin? <laughs> uh, the only reason why I figured it out was because I was just, because uh, I knew that this had been made into a movie. So I kind of looked it up and they showed a picture of, uh, of uh, Dustfinger with a ferret on his shoulder. And I'm like, yeah. See, and I kind of, I... I, I saw the movie a long time ago. I don't remember any of it, but I kind of pictured more like a chipmunk or a flying squirrel with horns. And I just assumed that a Martin was a real thing that they then just added horns to, but no, oh well, that's a, I just had the mental image of a flying squirrel with horns. And that's a terrifying image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ain't it? Oh, that is scary. I mean, um, the idea of any rodent, well, it's kind of like a, a jackalope. True. Those are, those are little rodents with horns. Don't right. They don't. They don't. They don't glide or fly. I well, still I mean, wouldn't want one coming at my face. Fictional characters don't get read out of stories. I, eh. Anyway, I, I don't. I don't know. I. We can talk about individual characters and all that, but it's really hard for me to express a lot of emotion about this book just because one, I just finished it probably about an hour ago, and. Two, I, the story. I'm kind. Of, I'm just kind of ambivalent to it. Like I didn't mm. dislike it. Yeah. Uh, um. I I really wanted to grab on to whatever was there because I've heard a lot of people have very strong feelings about this book. As far as this book created who I am today, sort of stories. Yep. And I really wanted to catch on to that aspect, and I I couldn't find that either. I was just somewhere in the middle. Like it's fine. I'm not mad that I finished it. I, it held my attention enough to where I, where I was like, I'd like to see how this would end. I also struggled to get through the book, but I also started it a lot earlier than either of you did, I think. I don't know. I was going through it for a while. Like, I started this probably the day after we recorded the last episode. Because I, I wanted yeah, to get it. I think I did too. Oh, I think wow. I might have struggled before you recorded the last one. I had to check this I had to check this out twice because I my first one ran out. So I did too. My first one ran out. I just didn't check it out twice. <laughs> I loved the concept of this book. Oh yeah, oh. I was about to say I want to hear the I because I know how you feel about this book, Squid. I don't think you we've really hid that at this point. Yeah, I mean uh, it was fine. But if you I, like, I, if you liked it, great. <laughs> I, I'm trying to understand like your whole. I don't want to finish this. It it just didn't hold me. There was I feel like there was just too much back and forth right in the middle of the book. It's one of those things like as as a reader and as an author, middles are hard. Middles are hard to do. They're hard to hold attention. This book would have greatly benefited from being shorter. Mm, I think I can see that there were just there were too many scenes in the middle where I'm like they're going back and forth again why why this scene isn't necessary I don't 
it doesn't add anything to the story. It's not explaining anything further. It's just them driving back and forth. Eh, it's fine. I love the concept. I love what you're doing. You had to get me there faster. So, like, by the time, by the time she was reading people out of books, I was like, I mean, I knew this was coming. Uh, but now I don't care if I get there because <laughs> I'm kind of <laughs> bored. Like, it's fine. And after I had set it down for a few days, I was like, I just don't want to go back. I don't, I don't hate it. Didn't even dislike it. It just wasn't holding my attention. I, I made a comment in our chat earlier that now that I finished it, I would like to reinforce in that I think this book had the wrong name. It should have been Deus Ex Machina, the novelization. I don't understand that. Um, Deus Ex Machina is a literary device where the author basically chooses to resolve a difficult plot line by just making it happen. Yep. Uh, you Using means that were heretofore unmentioned or some... God shows up and fixes it. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's literally what it means, but like it happens so many times in this book. And I'm, I'm going to say some specific points. If you haven't read this book, if you read this book, it's old, get on it. (laughs) Well, but I'm just saying, cause I hadn't, I hadn't until I did this podcast. So I hadn't either, but still haven't technically, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but uh, so spoiler warnings, but like there was the part where um, they needed to escape. So suddenly, oh, uh, dust fingers, just like we're going to escape. Uh, I just happened to steal this knife in a scene that was never discussed about. Uh, they, ne- you know, uh, finding uh, finding the mom. I can't remember the mom's name. She was just there, you know, or the, even, even the very end scene when it comes to Capricorn and it's just like, and then he, and then he died. It was just like, I spoke it and then he died. But did he though? You know, and there was so much, or they needed somebody to be able to read and, oh, suddenly the main character, Maggie can read people out of books now too. I think that was set up. Yeah. We knew that was going to happen. That right, was but, not but, Deus but Ex Machina. It, it still is Deus Ex Machina because Mm-mm. it's not that. That one is. It I hadn't happened anywhere else happen. before. She hadn't been just, the reader before. Right, but there, there, there should have been more setup to it. It, it just felt like such an afterthought to me. Uh, I mean, that wouldn't be what I would change the title to. I would change it to in cart a novella instead of a novel but (laughs) (laughs) that would just be me uh and i i did like i didn't mind like the whole dust finger thing where oh we're not talking about the scene where he got the knife because it's kind of from maggie's perspective this whole book is her telling a story even if it's not her telling a story so i don't mind limited perspective getting the things she knows maybe even a little bit of an unreliable narrator but just wasn't interesting enough in the middle (laughs) I wish it was better. I wanted to like it. Everyone that I know, every one of my friends read this book growing up, loves this book. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's better if you've read it mm-hmm. younger. More of like a nostalgia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I missed the boat 
unfortunately. Great concept, though. I love the concept. Like Mildly I said, it, terrifying. It, it gave me some very big Page Master vibes. I'm gonna have to and, go find the Page Master and watch it. And it's very good. Weirdly enough, it felt a little. And this, you're gonna think this is wild, but it gave me some Pilgrim's Progress feels mm-hmm. too. I didn't get that. I got Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, I technically also got Lord of the Rings because she was out here writing in Sindarin, but <laughs> it's whatever. Everyone just knows that. <laughs> that was a wild part. Legitimately, that is the reason that I have a Elvish dictionary. Because I, I remember reading that and going, that's cool. I know, I know people that used to take notes in Elvin script. <laughs> Because I, I was homeschooled. <laughs> I also know people who used to take notes. They used to pass notes in Elven script because yeah. the teacher couldn't read it. Wild. It yep. Sounds right. <laughs> if I had enough nerdy friends in high school that would have been into having that type of thing, we probably would have done it in Klingon. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm actually learning Klingon on Duolingo right now. I will say, I did really enjoy Capricorn in this book. I say I was oh, victimized, yeah. but not really, because he was the best character, because Capricorns are. <laughs> um, but he was really good. I did appreciated s- that she didn't... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Well, I was about to ask something, and then I realized, I don't know if you got that far. <laughs> I also don't know if I got... I don't know where I ended. I forget. Um, <laughs> uh, I appreciated that she didn't shy away from being intense in some scenes. Yeah. I wish that it would have been a little more in some, but again, it was for kids, so I'm not surprised that it wasn't. Yeah, there were a few times I was like, "You, this is a kids' book. You're gonna say that? You gonna you gonna actually say you're gonna kill them? <laughs> He's got slaves? <laughs> what? What? Huh? But yes, uh, you can ask now. I don't know if I made it as far as what you're gonna ask, but we'll find out. Did you find out who the head? The the lady who was running things for him. Oh, his mother. Yeah, there we yeah. go. What did yeah, you think yeah. of the fact that that was his mother? Same question to you, John. I enjoyed her. She was the magpie, or is that someone mm-hmm. else? Yeah, yeah. I liked her. Creepy. Loved her. A plus. Everyone connected to Capricorn. Cool. Big fan. There was one part. I wish I still had a return to the library, so I don't have my bookmarks anymore. But there was one part that I really enjoyed related to them and when they were explaining. Oh, it was when Finolio or whatever his name was. Who was he? Huh? The, the author? author was telling Capricorn about himself. That was a great scene. Oh, yeah. That was a good scene. Yeah. Mm. I feel like you almost finished it, Squid. I did. I was very close. I think I only had like four hours left. Maybe. Was, Seems uh, like Capricorn, a lot, but it was... Was Capricorn still alive when you put it down? Yeah. Okay. Uh, her dad had not yet come back, but she had gotten the note. Mm. And she was supposed to read the book in the morning or something. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you that were, part you were very drag. close. Yeah. I, the scene when her and Eleanor left and they were okay... And on was just, it was too long. 
there was too much going back and forth. Too much. We're going to leave. We're safe. We're going to go back. We're not. <laughs> I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> you are building. Continue the energy. Keep it going. But nope. Lost it. Maybe. Maybe someday I'll finish it. I probably won't. <laughs> but, you know, maybe. Maybe. There's always hope. Anyway. Anyone else have other points about this? I wish I had more to say, but I I, I think that's kind of if, if this was a review show, that's kind of where we would kind of leave it off at. Yeah. It's just it, it it's a little blah. I mean, this is kind of a review show. I think that's what we're here for. Mm. Mostly, this is it's, like review and book club. So we're just not putting it on shelves like the bottom shelf. Correct. Right. Uh, so if, if I were to, if I were to wrap, if I was to compare the experience, I'd say it's, it's like eating, it's like eating a boiled potato. No, you I know, love potatoes. Boiled and all. <sighs> Come on, Samwise. <laughs> like uh, cabbage. It's like eating some cabbage. Unseasoned cabbage. It's just, it, Good it's for you. fine. Delicious. But, it's uh, fine. It's not something you're probably going to choose to do on your own without celery? anything else. Celery without peanut butter. Uh, <laughs> that's what this book was. No ants. No ants on the log. <laughs> so, it, you know, it, it's fine. Okay. It's fine is pretty good definition i think of this book so i think it would be very much helpful if you read it when you were younger true i i think so so did we get any spiritual aspects out of it because nothing came up necessarily in conversation (laughs) squid's face right now (laughs) i'm thinking did i feel spiritually enriched at any point in this book (laughs) no no no. not spiritually enriched did you think of anything spiritual in the middle of it even exactly. if it was exactly oh god yeah well maybe i wish i'd had more <laughs> moments where i went oh dear god that would have <laughs> kept me in the book <laughs> uh i don't think i had much I'm trying to think of anything but it was pretty it's pretty straightforward there wasn't a whole lot meaning i was going to pull out of it I, I i was kind of there with you on that squid it's like because this book is so fluffy there i think that i think that's it 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 has no sharp edges to it mm-hmm. especially right after 1980 or fahrenheit 451 uh where it's just all message there, <laughs> so you there's come to this one and it's not yeah yeah there there there's no sharp edges to it so i i didn't have something i need really needed to chew through through or ponder so much mm-hmm. and so as a result but then again like i said i haven't had a chance to really digest a whole lot being as i had literally just finished it right before we recorded so it's like me with 14 <laughs> not 14 with uh night film yes. yeah night film my other me book. reading as we're doing the intro <laughs> <laughs> i'm on it almost done i'm there hang on so, i i have a mild one but it's just the the fact that Dustfinger was so desperate to get home if we had that level of passion about God and about scripture, how much better would the world be? Mm-hmm. Very true. So at the same time, he almost took it too far because he was too focused in. He didn't see others around him. 
Or even if you kind of take then do it the opposite way where we should be desperate for heaven, mm-hmm. but not so desperate that we're not making an impact here, which is kind of how Dustin yeah. was because he was just so much like, but I need to get to this good thing. Yeah. And I will ignore yeah. everything else that's happening up until then. Thank you for understanding where I was going with that. I got you. I'm there. I was going to say something else now and I just forgot what it was. <laughs> hmm. Shoe. Oh, I know what I was going to say. It was unrelated to spiritual takeaways, but I was like, this would be really interesting to read right after, right before the Enchanted Hour. Yes. What a great connection. <laughs> I actually like really thought about it. The Enchanted Hour. I'm like, that lady never read this book. Or she would never read out loud. <laughs> I don't think I would have enjoyed it if I had picked up a physical copy of this book. Because I think I would have been able to read it faster. Yeah. And therefore, the story would have been over quicker because it was simple language. Like, there was nothing difficult that you needed to. So, you probably could have sat down in one reading and gotten through it. Did anybody pick out the whole or get the whole books are my religion vibe off of this? From Eleanor? From any, no, just from this whole book, the way this book almost was like a work of fiction to celebrate book worship. Because uh, they're just like, I felt like I was being indoctrinated about how fantastic books are. And uh, again, very interesting to do right after Fahrenheit four five one. Right, right. But what what I'm saying, what I what I'm saying is it's. I think I think that's part of the reason why I kept trying to picture this in in 1940s instead of modern times because it just doesn't. There's other things than books that kids would be into. Like, yeah, I, I know kids who are like super into books, but there's other things that I don't know. Well, I, well, I think that's kind of the point of the book, though. I mean, not to say that this book has like a major point because it's mostly just a really nice story, but it, it's kind of that saying like, look at the entire world that you can have in a book. Go seize that. Go do that. Enjoy. Make it real for you here. (laughs) And as someone who comes from like a family of book lovers, my mom loves books. My grandmother loves books. Like they owned a bookstore and that was her favorite job ever. Um, Probably her only job other than being a mom, which was a heck of a job. Um, But so like I understand as a child going, the adults love this. So we should love this. Like it's a so to me it didn't come off as a book worship as it did just normal. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I didn't if, think it was taken too far. If my grandmother had had the money to be like Eleanor, she would have been like Eleanor. Eleanor's the kind of person that if like you asked her the question of in a fire, what would you grab? She would be like, But I can't pick just one book. <laughs> right. She'd there, be like, I okay, have my there, suitcase ready to go. <laughs> I had I heard the best answer to that question when someone asked if you if if your house was on fire and you could only take only one thing away from it, what would it be? Fire extinguisher? No. <laughs> oh, the okay. fire. Uh, you can't do that though. That's cheating. Fire doesn't work like that. You're just spreading a fire if you take the fire elsewhere. That's true. <laughs> That's how we get forest fires, kid. And smoke bear says no. Smokey Bear says, only you can prevent forest fires. By keeping them to yourself. 
Yes. There, my heart did break just a little bit when Eleanor got home and all her books were gone. My, my whole body kind of hurt. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Just reminds me there was something. Oh, in the Inheritance Games, they were just mm. in a library, too, where he has like all these first editions and signed copies. And that was me thinking about Eleanor's library. And I'm like, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars did Eleanor <laughs> just lose? Because I'm sure she has a expensive collection <laughs> the fact that she has books that she puts in glass which yeah. then again triggered the if you don't read it <laughs> they don't live yeah well i think we're good i think we're, we've talked out what we needed to talk out john where can they find you <laughs> Uh, you can find me uh, in all the projects that I do on the link tree that is the link tree link that is listed in the notes. Did you actually make one? Uh, yeah, at, at Dallas's behest. So, uh, but to highlight certain things that I'm doing, I will say please check out the Halloween episode of Strangers and Aliens as I will be guesting on that. And we discuss something wicked this way comes. And uh, if you like fiction and you want to hear some audio fiction that I am a part of, go check out the Gospel by Gaslight podcast where I voice act as the big bad. So that is legit like my favorite podcast right now. So cool. Nice. Squid. Um, you can find me in. A classroom in the Chicagoland area, slaving away, not doing my homework, and probably being sad. That's where you can find me. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me and all of the other podcasts that are in the Devoted Geek Network on geekdevotions.com. We have lots of stuff over there. We have YouTube. We have book reviews. We have... All kinds of things. We just published a book review on a book called Thistle that was very entertaining, especially if you liked uh, Fern Gully. Also a children's lit book. Okay, well, all that being said, stay devoted. Okay, bye! <laughs> I will not hang up until I hear the proper ending, Celeste. Was it that or was it so long? In fact, thanks for all the fish. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. We Read Allegedly is part of the Devoted Geeks Network, devoted to letting you know that you're loved. Join us every first Friday of the month as we allegedly read and review a new book. Next month, we'll be reading John Dies at the End by David Wong. We'll see you there. No, family-friendly podcast, John. <laughs>